This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant attorney in person, David Pivnik. Uh, David is valedictorian of his law school class. He's one of the smartest people that I know. We talk to David regularly, sometimes about healthcare litigation issues, and he heads up healthcare litigation and, and does a lot of white collar litigation for healthcare and private equity funds at McGuire Woods, where he's a senior partner or lead partner. I shouldn't say senior partner because he's a young, great partner. But he also talks to us about a whole range of issues. He's got an incredibly bright mind. So I like to sometimes just tee him up and ask him, what issues is he watching closely? What is, and, and, his, and his interest range from sports to business to politics to life to law to more leadership. David, what's on your mind currently? What are you, what are you thinking about? What trends are you watching? What, what are you focused on? Yes, yeah, Scott, great, great question, although fairly broad. So, I mean, I think I, I sort of have, I guess, three, three things in very different directions that I'm, I'm currently focused on. The, the one that's probably least important, uh, but I spend more of my time looking in and thinking about than I should, uh, is the upcoming NBA trade deadline, which is tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the Raptors and, and the Bucks, who are both near and dear to my heart, uh, do, because I think they'll both be busy. Professionally, I, I remain focused, as I usually am, on Department of Justice enforcement trends and areas where the DOJ is directing its efforts and scrutiny and, and trying to stay on top of those trends and, and understand where potential risks for clients might exist and, and how we can be proactive in assisting clients even before uh, issues or investigations arise. And, and then probably on the biggest level, um, although the one that you know I think results in myself and probably many others feeling most helpless on, on some level is um, the upcoming elections this year and how that process is going to play out both in, in terms of you know who the president might be next year, um, but also frankly in some of the main issues that are seemingly dividing the country, which I, I think are uh, troubling and, and don't have easy solutions. So let's touch on all three of those issues. I'll start with what is relatively an easy, low-stress issue. And of course, unfortunately, this is the issue that may be the least interesting to the broadest amount of our audience, but I'm going to try. So I saw in a recent recent um, article in the, a magazine called The Athletic, which is a daily sports online magazine, which I think is just really well done. They talked about the 50 big trade candidates. And, and fascinating to see, two Chicago Bulls, veterans were right in the top five. And this doesn't include Zach Levine. This includes DeMar DeRozan, one of the top 40 all-time scorers in the NBA, and Adam Caruso, two glue leadership guys that are talented, talented, that people think may be in the trade block because the Bulls aren't close to winning a title, but these may be pieces for somebody else to close the gap and try and win a title. What are the chances that the Bulls hold steady and don't trade these folks or explore these types of things? What, what are your thoughts on that? I would be shocked if the Bulls stand pat. I think Caruso is almost certainly going to get dealt, and I think he's probably many teams' top trade option because he is so, frankly, great. and it's such an elite defensive player, and he kind of fits in seamlessly on offense, doesn't need the ball a lot, and he can hit shots. So he'll fit into the flow for any team, and he is – just so elite defensively and can really make a difference as a point of attack defender that um, I'd be shocked if they don't deal Caruso because I think he has more value to another team and in helping the Bulls rebuild than anything else. Uh, DeRozan is near and dear to my heart as a guy who grew up a, a Raptors fan and, and I'm still a big Raptors fan. I, I love DeRozan. 
even with the Bulls. I, I think he's a trickier one because I think his contract is sufficiently high that it's going to be harder to match salaries. And because he's so ball dominant on offense, um, as great a shooter as he is and as great a scorer as he is really more than a shooter, uh, I think it's harder to fit him in. So I think it is highly probable Caruso gets dealt for young players or picks. And I think it's probably less than 50-50 that DeRozan does. So those are two men sort of in the middle to the senior parts of the career. Now let's talk about two men whose careers should be over, but <laughs> happen to be likely be our presidential candidates coming up. You know, I look at Joe Biden, and I saw a speech he gave yesterday where he just seems so out of it and, you know, benign, but out of it. And then I see Donald Trump and, and, you know, I, I didn't vote in the last couple elections. My politics probably line up a little bit more centrist, the center right, maybe, but they're left on many social issues. I, I, I couldn't stand the direction of the left. I can't stand President Trump. You know, and it seems like it's very hard to predict. If there are a couple very important issues to me, it's very hard to predict where President Trump will actually land on one of these issues, depending on where he is, the whims of that day. So how do we end up with, I, I think I almost look at this, and I don't mean this offensively to people, please don't take this the wrong way. I think Joe Biden, well past his expiration date's the right word. Trump, I think at the end of the day, not a very good person, just really a bad apple, a bad guy. No offense to people that want it, they, they, they love Trump or love Biden, no offense, but David, I don't want to focus on my thoughts that we've got two horrible candidates going, but what are your thoughts? What happens in an election? What do, you, what do you think? I think it'll be another election where I don't vote, quite frankly. I've just been so upset with the candidates the last two presidential elections that I've literally not voted. I can't vote for Trump, couldn't vote on the other side, couldn't vote for the, the Democratic candidates I thought were taking us to too woke a place that I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of. But what do you think is going to happen here? What, what is your prediction? I, I mean, right right now, based on the way things are going, I mean, that was a loss that you just said, and I'm not going to weigh in on all of that, but it has to make a prediction. I mean, right now, I think President Trump seems to have, or former President Trump, and potentially soon to be President Trump again, seems to have a lot of momentum. And, you know, I, I, I look at betting lines and things like that, which, you know, I, I wouldn't advise betting on elections as a general statement. I, I never have, but I think Vegas uh, knows how to make money, and I think it's notable that, that President Trump is now a betting favorite there, and I think there's a lot of winds blowing in his direction. I, I think your broader point, uh, points, plural, um, maybe not about the, the two specific candidates, but the general point about why it is that, that we have two men, you know, approaching their 80s who are the, the candidates for the respective parties are almost certain, well, the presumptive nominees, I guess, for the the parties, I, I think it's a good question. I think about often why there isn't a compelling younger cohort that's in the mix. And I, I don't have a good answer for it. I think part of the problem might be that, that some of the truly talented young leaders in the country have other jobs that are very significant and frankly pay them a whole hell of a lot more than the presidency while being a lot less stressful, which is not to say that being CEO of a company, for example, is not a stressful job, but it, it's certainly less stressful than being the president um, and, and pays a whole heck of a lot more, not, notwithstanding Booker's speaking deals that you might get later as, as president, which I guess you could also get as CEO. So I think part of it might be uh, that people tend to trend towards money uh, and less stress, and the presidency is not the best mix of those, but I, I think it's 
a big problem. There, there seems to be a void of compelling leaders on both sides, frankly, in the younger generation, which uh, will be interesting in, in future elections, considering regardless of what happens in 2024, uh, you know, based on the Constitution, neither President Trump nor President Biden could, could be president again after that. So it, it's going to need to turn to, to someone new in the future. And, you know, both, both parties seem determined to sprint to their respective polls as far left and as far right as possible, uh, which I would hope opens, opens up a void for a somewhat centrist candidate to emerge on, on either side and, and win the presidency, which I, I, I tend to be aligned with you that I think that would be the best scenario, but uh, it doesn't seem to be directionally where things are going. No, 100%. And I'm not an anti-Bush or anti-Clinton person, but I, but I would hope that the next candidate's not Chelsea Clinton, Hillary Clinton, or Jenna Bush, or one of the Bush kids. Even though I like all of them, fine, fine enough, and I think they're wonderful people. But I do think we need some turnover in this, and it is crazy how each party has really been hijacked by the extremists on each side of the party. I, I wouldn't say and, – and it's complicated. I think the Republican Party almost more so in some ways in the presidential primaries than, than, than the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has, has gotten behind what I think is like at the end of the day, not somebody that represents the left wing of the party, but he's got trouble because he's not as left wing as some of the left wing would like him to be. I mean, it's really a fascinating situation. But what an interesting time. David, anything else you want to comment in? And let's hope that I don't get in trouble for – broadcasting this podcast, uh, you know, you know, publicly. You won't. I might. There's, there's really nothing I could say to build off of that. I'll just note again, I, I hope that we have good candidates and that either either of them who wins does, does the best for the country and truly does put America first, as, as at least one of them so prominently proclaims. I, I hope both of them are focused on, on truly making the country as strong and, and, and as great as it could be, you know, not in a not in a make America great again kind of way, but in truly doing what's best for the country from either side. Because I think there's a lot of self-interest that's been baked up in, in politics on, on both sides that is not in the best interest of the country, which, you know, really we should be focused on doing what's right for the country and, and hopefully the world at large. David, as always, I, I want to thank you for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Pod. Uh, excuse me, my goodness, I'm having one of those days. I'm having a Joe Biden or Donald Trump day. I want to thank you for joining us on the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast, not the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I had a senior moment for there for a moment, even though I'm not yet at that age that Donald Trump and President Biden are at. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for listening to the Becker Private Equity and Business Podcast. If I've wholly offended you, Please text me 773-766-5322. I apologize, but thank you for listening.